fiesta colombiana entre tambores va la luna solitaria fiesta de la gaita mientras el mar recuerda el día Colombia in Indonesia is created and produced by the Embassy of Colombia in Indonesia with the main goal of discussing culture, trade, traditions and related topics between both countries. Welcome to a new episode of Colombia in Indonesia. We continue our third season with the historic centers that we have all around Colombia. The turn today is to Valle du Parque, uh, more specifically the Plaza Alfonso López located in the center of the, of the city which is the capital of the Cesar Department in Colombia. The Plaza Alfonso López is located in the heart of the city, in the center of which stands a leafy 85-years-old mango tree that has become a symbol of the plaza's identity. There is an emblematic Francisco El Hombre stage, which serves as the stage for the main competitions held in Valle du Par, which we will talk about later on as well. It is framed by a group of houses of colonial architecture very well preserved, the Church of La Concepción and the seat of the local government. The Church of the Immaculate Conception, located in the Plaza Alfonso López of Valledupar, was built in the 17th century and recently restored with the support of the Ministry of Culture. This historic center of Valledupar began a restoration process in 2016 and was completed in 2021. Okay, yeah, and uh, hi, I'm, I'm back again mm, welcome back <laughs> and uh, i'm taking uh i'm going to talk about the history of this city so valledupar was founded on january 6th of 1550 by the spanish conquistadors captain hernando de santana and juan de castellanos for the settlement the spanish captain chose the northern part of valledupar because it was between the Guatapuri River, which in the local language uh, meant cold water, and uh, it was established the city by the construction of a parish church in the 1560s. So the name of Vajerupar comes from the cacique, or like the tribal leader of the zone, like the leader in, in the area. His name was Upar, like Upar, and since the settlement was located between the Sierra Nevada del Santa Marta and the Serranía del Perija, it became the Upar Valley. So the name that it, it received in the times of the colony was uh, the city of the Santos Reyes del Valle de Upar, or in English, the, the Holy Kings of the Upar Valley. So... In the colonial times, this place was mostly used for uh, its topography, for the agricultural pur purposes, and also to grow cattle. And cattle that produced the meat of the colony that was uh, taken either to the ports or to the inside of the, of the country. And the, from the beginning, well, the, most of the Spanish people that went to to Valledupar were, were dedicated to the cattle and sheep raising. And that's why also in those times they um, batter or they use the hide and the tallow that was an accident uh, from the beef to trade with it. 
nowadays Vajirupar is still like uh, a big uh, industry for uh, cattle and also for agriculture in the region uh, because of its topography and until today there's a lot of beef and there's uh, also a lot of rice that it's uh, cultivated in that area so the tradition from the Spanish conquistadors and in the times of the colony has like gone down through the history until now that uh, it's Colombia. So I was telling you in the 18th century it was because of a network of roads such as the road of San Angel that allowed the city of of Vallerupar to be integrated into the colonial economic space of the Caribbean. And in the middle of the 19th century, in the context of liberal reforms, now when we were already uh, an independent country, the province of Vallerupar was created. And well, the attraction of Vallerupar and the cities of the Caribbean is not determined by serious urban studies, uh, but by the popular culture by the neighbors sitting in rocking chairs and the cool afternoon eating fruits on the terrace. And talking about terrace, terraces, I think we could step on to the places of this town. Right. Uh, now that you have covered history and before we start with places, I would also like to share that Valle uh, Dupar is part of the network of creative cities of UNESCO. And it was declared as the um, music creative city because it has a population of about 473,000 people. And about a quarter of those people are working on music-related jobs, which makes the city uh, very important for the music industry and the music and culture in, in the region. And that's why uh, I thought it was important to mention that right now, that because you just mentioned that part of, of the, what make it Very important. It's not not really their, its buildings, but also it, the culture of the area. So let's move on to places then. Like almost every other city in in Colombia, because we were in a Spanish colony, it, uh, we have the same structure, and it's it all started with the central square of the city, which we have mentioned already, the Alfonso Lopez Square, right? But other places that are very popular in the historic center of Valledupar is the Loperena National School. And the Callejón or the um, Alley of Purututu, uh, which we will uh, tell you more about later because it has quite an interesting story. So these are just some places where uh, many historic events of Valledupar have, have happened. And that's why they're also very popular. And uh, well, the historic center of, of Valledupar is, is home to different alleys, uh, such as well the Purututu that I, I think Nicolas is going to explain where where that name comes from. <laughs> and the, also the San Juan del Cordoba Mahoma and Pedro Antonio, which are surrounded by old and modern houses in the Cañahuate neighborhood. So these are these were mostly like houses of the local people and they have like similar architecture and it's uh, why they make the historical center is so homogeneous if you if you if you could say so and these also these places has also been uh, the scene of recordings of soap opera such as the historical uh, story about Rafael Orozco one of the biggest singers of Vallenato 
called eh, El Idolo or The Idol and also uh, other series like La Casica and uh, also national and international productions among others. All right, so now I think we have this, this enough and I will tell you about Purututu. So this is one of the most popular alleys in the city center and it's located between the Carreras 6th and 7th with 13th and 14th Street. Its name actually comes um, from the nickname that was attributed to Mrs. Encarnacion Vignacotes, who used to feed pigeons, shouting, Purututu, Purututu, which is the sound that pigeons do when they're moving around. So that's what gave name to this uh, interesting place. Now, uh, the Plaza Alfonso Lopez, which is the the main square of, of the city, it's where the history of Valledupar began. Uh, surrounding all these places I just mentioned before. that That's the structure that Spanish settlements used to have, starting by the center, and then they will get surrounded by the mayor's office, the municipal council, and the church. In this case, the Immaculate Conception Church. And it also has the Francisco El Hombre stage and the monument to the Revolución en Marcha, La Revolución en Marcha. Then we have Loperena National School, which was created as a tribute to the memory of the Vallenata heroine Concepción Loperena de Fernández de Castro, which was one of the most important figures supporting Simón Bolívar's armies for the liberation of the country in, in that area. Now, we also have, as I mentioned before, the Immaculate Conception Parish, or the church, the main church, which is where, where all where the city actually was started, as, as Juan Jose mentioned before when we were talking about history. And it's in front of the Alfonso Lopez Square. It was built in 1782 by order of Bishop Francisco Navarro y Acevedo. It houses in its altar the images of Nuestra Señora de la Pura y Limpia Concepción from Madrid, which was the first brotherhood created in Valledupar and a colonial altarpiece of the Three Kings, both brought from the first temple of the Holy Kings. Finally, we have the Cathedral of El Rosario. And in this place uh, was built the second convent of Santo Domingo, of the Order of the Dominicans. Originally, the, the church was built in the 16th century, but it was demolished to build the present one that still stands today. But the thing that remains from the old building was is... Uh, orphaned tower. It's the oldest building in the city and it keeps the colonial image of the Virgin of Our Lady of the Rosary. And uh, actually, talking back about what Nico last was mentioning, is that uh, usually when the Spanish people founded a city, they built the church and in front of the church, it was always the major's house. So that's an easy way to like get to uh, know the different historical centers and that share the same things. And finally, we have the Hotel Boutique, Casa de los Santos Reyes, that used to be a residential house that it's now converted to a hotel that you can live and stay and feel like a colonial conquistador. Okay, so net, now let's move on to tourism. Uh, even though the what it's considered the city center and the historic center, it's a small place. In Valledupar, there are some places that you can also go and visit. To check by yourself what I was telling you about uh, Valledupar being a uh, creative city in music, uh, in the Creative City Network of UNESCO. 
So you can go to maybe uh, Cafe Plaza Mayor, Tlon, Palenque, which are all different places where you can experience music and different genres that are being um, played, maybe sometimes live. Uh, you can also go to Madero's Teatro, which is an independent theater in the city, or to some of the hotel or hostels where you will also have the chance to see a, a little bit more about the culture in the area. But, but now let's move on to the most important thing about the tourism in Bajidupar, which um, we mentioned before in the episode we would talk more about, and it's about Vallenato and the Festival de la Leyenda Vallenata or Vallenato Festival in Vallidupar, which is the biggest of the genre. Of the genre. So, yeah, and uh, as well as being like a creative uh, city by the UNESCO, the Vallenato, the music genre, was also declared an intangible cultural heritage. So it is considered the most important genre in the country, attracting thousands of national and also international tourists every year who come to enjoy the Colombian Vallenato talent. Okay, but uh, we have we have mentioned already that the festival is one of the most important things, but we haven't covered what Vallenato is yet. So wh why don't you tell us what Vallenato is one? Yeah, sure. Okay, so... Actually, it is said that the farmers of the region inherited the tradition of the Spanish juglares that were people that walked from city to city telling the news, talking about different things. Maybe just uh, like somebody died, there's someone selling a cow or uh, there's uh, going to be uh, open a new market or the king, uh, there's a new king or any of that. And the farmers of this region in inherited it, that uh, tradition. And also it, they mix it with their instruments as they travel from town to town. So they sang from Vereda to Vereda or from uh, county to county, telling news and stories. And also they said jokes. They also said uh, gossip and even obscenities into their songs. So eventually the African and the indigenous instruments, such as the gaita flutes uh, and the guacharaca and the drums, joined the European accordion, and this is how the vallenato was born. And this is because there were these three big groups that was the Euro Europeans uh, or the Spanish or the descendants from the Spanish called the criollos, the African people that was brought for slave work, and the indigenous people that used to live there. And each of these groups or cultural groups had, had their own instrument. And in this place, mixed with the tradition of the juglares of telling stories, was that give birth to, to, to Vallenato. And uh, Nico, I think he's going to explain like more in detail those instruments. Right, so n nowadays, um What Vallenato is played with, it's first, the, the most important thing, it's the lyrics that you, you were mentioning about where they were born. But uh, you also need at least three instruments. So you have the small drum called caja, which is a small drum that you put in between your legs and you play it with your hands. And that's um, inspired by African um, instruments that were brought uh, with, the, with the people that were... Uh, brought from Africa for slave work, as you just mentioned. We also have the guacharaca, which is an indigenous instrument that was created by the indigenous people to use in, when they were hunting uh, 
And for special rituals, it's called Wacharaca because it mimics the sound of a bird with the same name, which is found in that uh, area of the country. And finally, the accordion, with, which is an instrument originated in Germany. And there is not record, exact record of how this instrument came here, but there is a very beautiful legend, and it says that at some point in the... 1800s, there was a shipwreck nearby the coast of Colombia in which a big shipment of accordions was um, being delivered to, uh, I think it was going to Argentina or some other country. And then some of those accordions came floating to the coast of Colombia and the people who found them started playing with them and trying, trying to make different sounds and they developed their own music with it. Of course, I just mentioned uh, we don't have a, a, an exact record of how this came to happen, but it's a very interesting uh, st story to try to explain how it came to Colombia. Yeah, but I, I think it could be really close to reality because the way that Vallenato music plays the, the accordion is really different as the variants from Europe. Or like, for example, if you listen to tango, The accordion in tango is really similar to the way they use it in Europe, but in 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 Colombia, in the vallenato, is like way more happier, way way more different with different notes and uh, yeah. So I think that maybe that story is is actually correct. I mean, we don't have the sources, but uh, that's the legend, and that's why legends are told. Right, and if you haven't heard uh, any vallenato songs, I would like to uh, invite you to try and find some. Uh, we you can also. Follow us on Instagram and we have, uh, from time to time, we publish his stories about uh, Colombian music and some of them with Vaginato music, so you will be able to hear it there as well. Now let's talk about what um, we mentioned before, which is the Vallenato Festival, or Festival de la Leyenda Vallenata. So according to the official website of the Vallenato Festival, and I'm opening quotes here, it's, in 1968, Three people, Alfonso Lopez, Consuelo Araujo, and Rafael Escalona, thought it was time to do something so that all this cultural and musical heritage would not disappear in the midst of time. And they decided to create the Festival de la Leyenda Vallenata to recreate all the magic of land where myths, customs, their own experience, and a linguistic and oral richness nourished day by day the literature and the pentagram where the lyrics and melodies of Vallenato are woven. And I close quotes here. And uh, it was around this time that the name Vallenato was born because it was in Vallenatupar where a music genre that was usually only used to sing, uh, to, sell to tell stories, it then became uh, one of popular music for the people. And uh, they gave the name Vallenato because it was from the valley or like in Vallerupar, so it was a local genre, so to speak. And the festival is held every year, every year, April in Vallerupar, and it looks for the best representatives of the musical genre, especially the accordionists, who usually take over the show. So every year... These musicians compete to be crowned as the Rey Vallenato or the King of the Vallenato in this festival. And every 10 years, the kings of the festival compete against each other to get crowned 
as the king of kings. Yeah, and as you mentioned, um, this is one of the biggest biggest festivals in the country and it would be wise that if you want to go and experience it by yourself, you should try and make bookings um, with enough time because it's very difficult to get flights in and out of Valledupar at that, at that time and also uh, there is limited cap- capability for hotels in, in the area, right? So it would be wise for you if you want to check it out to uh, take your time and do your bookings in advance. And yeah, thank you very much. This is how we, we finish the episode today. Thank you very much, Juan, again, for, for joining me for this episode. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed it and maybe you look more into the history of Vallenato and Valledupar if you're interested on in it. And hope to catch you again in the next episode of Colombia in Indonesia. Yes, thank you very much. Good luck. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us in Facebook and Twitter at MCOL Indonesia. That is E-M-B-C-O-L-I-N-D-O-N-E-S-I-A. And on Instagram at MCOL Indonesia. E-M-B-C-O-I-N-D-O-N-E-S-I-A. To stay in touch with us. Please share this episode and we wait to hear from you in a brand new episode of Colombia in Indonesia. Muchas gracias. Terima kasi. Colombia in Indonesia is produced by the Embassy of Colombia in Indonesia, directed and hosted by the cultural attaché Nicolás Montoya, with co-hosting and writing by Juan José Torres. Music by Sebastián Valdivieso.